1: Hello, and welcome to Stepping Up Service for December 2011. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and with me as always is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. How you doing, Ed? Doing
2: great. How are you doing, Alan?
1: Doing just fine. Ed's company is Customer Service Solutions. You can find them at cssamerica.com. And I'm with the Jackson Group at thejacksongroup.com. But we're here to talk about customer service today as part of our ongoing show, Stepping Up Service. What we're going to do is we have a topic we're going to discuss. It has to do with how to say no to uh, customers or potential clients. And then we're going to go and do what we do every month, which is we're going to share our customer service story of the month. And then we're going to be a little, a little festive with some positive ones here at the end of the, at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But before we get into the first topic, I did want to mention that if you're interested in giving us some feedback, uh, we do have a phone number set up now called we call it the mesh line. And it is a phone number where you can call and leave a voice message for either for our show or any of the other shows on the mesh network. Leave a voice message. If you have a question, if you have an idea for a future topic, something you'd like for us to address on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, The phone number for that is 828-619-0048. So please give us a call. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you for future episodes. And who knows, you may even get your voice message played on the show if it's something that fits our topic. So with that, let's get into our main topic for the month. How to say no. And a lot of people may think that that's a pretty straightforward topic, pretty simple. There's actually a lot more to it than people can realize. The art of saying no to a customer or a potential customer is a tricky is a tricky thing. I know it's something in our business where we do a lot of survey work and consulting work. Uh, although we strive so hard not to tell anybody no, those situations are still going to come up where we're going to have to tell a client no because we can't meet their expectations or needs. Uh, and it's a tricky thing to to figure out how to how to recover from that, how to keep that client happy, how to make sure that it doesn't damage your relationship with them. So Ed, let me let me toss it over to you for a first question here. What are the those typical situations where we find ourselves having to tell a customer no?
2: Okay. That's a great question, Alan. And when you think about the types of situations that you might find yourself in as an employee, standing face-to-face with a customer or being on the telephone with them, typically if you find in your gut you're getting ready to tell somebody no, it's because they're requesting something that is just against company policy. So you're going to have to say no to that request. Or or maybe they want something done in a certain time frame that is just too tight. You know, they want it uh, done in a day and it's really going to take a week. And so you cannot meet the time frame. You're going to have to say no. Or, or it could be a situation where uh, they want something done in a certain way. You know, they they want to go through the steps of A, B, and C. That's the way they want it handled. But in the reality, the way it works is you have to go through steps D, E, and F. So uh, right. th- those are right. the typical three reasons most often why you're having to tell the customer no. It's it's the policy is contrary to what the customer requests, the time frame's too tight, or the process. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Right, right. Now, a lot of times, I would imagine it's, it's customers coming into a situation and interaction with a business or organization, and they have these expectations. I mean, where where do these expectations come from? Sometimes, I mean, somebody comes in to say, "Why can't you ship that to me in two days?" Exactly. Is it just them being? selfish and ornery, or I mean, is there some expectations
2: they're actually building off of on this? Yeah, it's actually just them being selfish and ornery. Oh, really? Alan, Okay, so that's good. Oh, great. So <laughs> no. now we know what we're dealing with. Exactly. <laughs> so this will be a nice short show for everybody. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, there there are many different ways uh, that, that customers can develop expectations. I mean, sometimes, literally, they just can pull them out of thin air, and, sure. and they come in with their own expectations. Sometimes they've been referred to your business by a friend, by a coworker, by a relative, and, and that other person, through word of mouth, conveyed a certain Expectation, So they come in with that particular expectation. It could be a situation where maybe there was something that was out there from a marketing perspective and it kind of over-promised or wasn't very clear about right. what, what the customer should expect in their experience. So they come in with that expectation. Sometimes even because that customer may have worked or, or excuse me, purchased uh, a product or service or, or had a relationship with another organization. Mm-hmm. How that other organization interacted with them could give them an expectation for how your business, your organization is going to interact That's with them. a very good point. Actually,
1: that's something I think uh, I face personally I know in our type of business is somebody who changes vendors, mm-hmm. working with a new vendor. And you've got these expectations of, well, this is the way they did it before. Why can't you guys do it exactly like that as well? it's It's a tricky thing to negotiate because you want to be competitive. You want to try to be on top of what other competitors are doing. However, sometimes their processes are completely different. And you're not always comparing apples to apples and trying to get clients to understand that. It's a little tricky sometimes. Correct, yeah. Right.
2: So yeah. so that's the trick. When you're in these conversations with the customers, you're getting ready to tell them no. The last thing you want is for you to just literally say no, and it blows up into an irate and upset customer situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the problem with just literally saying no to people uh, is that sometimes when they're coming in with their requests, they're coming in with, in with their need or their expectation, they're thinking that this is the only way they can get their need met. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if you tell them no to that one way to get their need met, all of a sudden they feel like, oh, I'm painted into a corner. I have no other option. What am I going to do now? They get anxious. They get upset. They get irate. And boom, now you're dealing with an emotional customer in a much more difficult situation. And
1: that spells disaster in most situations as well for any customer experience. Sure. So if those are the reasons why we're faced with having to say no, and we understand sometimes that it's a... Uh, an expectation a customer has or past experiences or what they were led to believe going into this interaction. Let's say all that's in the past. Nothing much you can do about the past. Now Mm -hmm. Somebody's on the phone or meeting with a client or customer and the customer has a request. And all of a sudden we find ourselves having to say no, as much as we may not want to do it and as uncomfortable it may be, we have to say no. Sure. All right, so let's talk through well, what do we do in those situations? How do we keep that from turning into that explosive negative situation that it very well could be if not handled correctly? Okay, well... What, the, the, what's the things we need to do there? Yeah, and
2: that, that that's a great uh, start into uh, just the discussion of how do you maintain emotion? How, how do you keep the emotions down? How do you take a little bit of control in these difficult, potentially difficult situations? The first thing you want to do is to get believe it or not, get away from their topic, away from their solution as quickly as possible. I mean, let, let's say, for example, we do a lot of work in, in health care and um, most hospitals have no smoking policies even on the campus. But you'll have some patients uh, or, or some family members, but let, let's say patients for this example, who are heavy smokers and they want to smoke so they might right. talk to the nurse and say um can you go ahead and wheel me downstairs because you know i, I just uh, i need a cigarette i want to smoke and and the nurse says no uh, well come mm-hmm. on it'll only take about two minutes wheel me down there you can even come on in and come back out and get me in a few minutes and right. the nurse says no and then okay well let me just point me in the direction of the elevator <laughs> i'll wheel myself down tell me what buttons to push in the elevator i'll be back in 10 minutes i promise no, so so if all you do is talk about their specific request uh, and you keep saying no, 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 all of a sudden it turns into a cycle, and uh, very soon right, they're going to get frustrated. Right. You're going to get frustrated, and boom, there's your irate or upset customer situation. Yes, I so,
1: totally see that happening with that description yeah. you just gave. I yeah. mean, it's that you know needs are. are still not getting met, but right. they're not being diverted in any way. It's just ratcheted up a notch each time. And that's so,
2: that's yeah. right. You're just creating that roadblock and you're creating it higher and higher and higher. So the first thing we suggest that you do is to actually try to move away from their topic in some kind of an empathetic Way Because if all you do is talk about their topic and say, no, 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 boom, that's where things tend to explode. So just even some simple transitional phrasing like, you know, unfortunately, you know, we can't do that. You know, that's the start. That's not the whole part of the conversation. But, you know, unfortunately, a little bit of empathy there in your tone of voice and in the words, you know, whereas I would like to be able to help you with that. uh, Unfortunately, um, you know, we're not able to do that. So try to initially try to transition away. Uh, from that particular topic, and the way you do that is with that some kind of that that type of empathetic transitional phrasing. Now, that's oh,
1: probably. Ahead. And I was going to say that's probably something. I mean, I, I I completely understand and agree with that. I can imagine that'd be that's probably difficult for some people. Is that something where they probably need to be counseled and coached and kind of trained a little bit on doing that because it may not be a natural reaction for some people to learn how to carefully. Divert attention away from the issue of having to say no
2: to. Yeah, that's a great question because this actually is uh, part of a process or a conversation technique that, for for a lot of uh, employees, is quite technical. You know, Mm -hmm. first of all, you have to instead of just responding to the question, which is the easiest thing for everybody to do—yes, no, give the answer—you're having to, uh, first of all, convey some empathy. And you're tr- having to try to figure out how can I get out of this conversation, and you're trying to figure out how do I make sure it doesn't blow up and you're right. trying to figure out you know how do I handle the next steps in the conversation so we actually get somewhere so all these things are going through your head, and it is very difficult for employees to do right off their bat right off the bat they they need to understand how to go through the process, what they're trying to accomplish but the the first way to do it is don't feel like it. you have to say no, don't try to get in an argument with the other person mm-hmm. and feel comfortable beginning to transition away from their specific solution. Cause if all you do is talk about their solution, then you're going to continuously say no. And that's where the conversations go bad.
1: I see. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. So, so diverting their attention from, or trying to get them diverted away from that situation that's leading down those the path of all the no's. Yes, right? exactly. That's one thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what, what's something else? Well,
2: well, it's a good thing to do, and, and this might seem uh, intuitive to most people, but a lot of people don't think of, well, let me explain exactly why we're having to say no. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to explain the rationale behind it, explain why you're having to say no is helpful because there's a certain percentage of people that can take no a little bit better if they understand the objective reasons for it, they sure. understand the rationale behind it, and they realize that you're not just picking on me. Right. I mean, th- this is something that's there, and it, it, it it's a positive policy or procedure that's there and there is a valid reason for it. So there's a difference between saying no and saying something like, you know, unfortunately we can't do that for this particular reason because then they understand the rationale. They understand you're not picking on them or you're not treating other people more special than them. They understand there's some reasoning behind it. Well,
1: let me, let me throw in an example of that. And I agree. I think that will ease a good number of people out there a good percentage of the people that are, that are in this situation that'll ease their mind about the no if they know the reason. Sure. I'm one of those people. I don't like hearing no without some understanding of why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the biggest thing for me is uh, when uh, on an, on a, flying on, a, on an airline and the whole idea that we can't have mobile phones to maybe play a game or watch a movie or something like that during the takeoff and landing. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand why not. That's just me. I you know I understand it used to be the whole radio frequencies concerns sure. about that, but with the, being able to turn off those phone devices and turn them into airplane mode where they don't emit any signals. Yes, I still want to know why. Why can't I still read this ebook or do this if I know there's no signal interference? And I still have yet to get anybody to give me a really good answer
2: why. Okay. I, You want me to kind of give you an answer? Oh, I'd love to have that. I would feel so much better each time I go on a plane then. Here we go. Okay. All right. I, and my answer is not going to be what you think it is, but I I was flying back from Florida Mm -hmm. yesterday morning. Right. And uh, they have a, uh, in this particular airline, they have a new program where if you sign in uh, using your computer or your PDA or smartphone, whatever – Uh, and pay a small fee, you can get internet access. Hmm. So there is the capability to do it. They're charging a fee now to do it. I literally was emailing my wife saying... Hey there, I am east of Jacksonville at 36,100 feet, Mm, uh, 300-some miles from Charlotte. So there is the capability now. So maybe part of the reason why they couldn't tell you no is because technically, from a technology standpoint, there wasn't a good reason why they couldn't tell you no. The reason had gone away.
1: Okay, so it could be a money thing going on there, a little added added revenue service fee. Well, But to me, that's an example of you know I see people get very frustrated on an airplane when the people have to come down the aisle and say, oh, you need to turn that off. Or you can't do that right now. Right. And, you know, people are like, why? Right. And we never – I personally never really get a good answer why. And it does make people more frustrated. And that's something people gripe about. Right. So you're right. I think if they could come out with an answer that – Whether it's factual or not, at Mm -hmm. least is an answer that makes sense. Exactly. Then I think we could all sit back and say, well, okay, I'm not happy about it, but at least I understand why.
2: Sure. People can understand safety, security, consistency, things like that. People cannot understand something that's not articulated to them, that's not told to them. And if you don't give people, excuse me, don't give customers a very clear indication or reason why you're having to say no, then they can just, with their own mind, come up with whatever reason they want yeah. to, and typically it's negative. So.
1: Well, I, I think in a way this also points back to the organization, and maybe and it's a, probably a whole different topic, and I not want to get too far down this path, but it also causes you as an organization to start questioning yourself why you have some of the policies in place. Sure. Because I know there's a lot of organizations, and hospitals are a good example of this that we both work with a good bit, where sometimes you have policies in place that have just been there for years, mm-hmm. And they may not really be applicable anymore. So all of a sudden, you're telling people no because of a policy that doesn't really make any more sense than anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a little frustrating as well for that patient or that that customer or client or anything else. So it also becomes a good time for that organization to start reviewing. Does this policy still make sense? Is this still where we need to be? Because we're telling people a lot of people no because of this policy and maybe we're doing so unnecessarily.
2: Yeah, that's an excellent point because if you find yourself as an employee saying, well, you can't do that because it's policy and you can't explain why the policy exists, that's a red flag right there. So anybody who's listening, if you're, finding yourself telling customers no and just saying, well, it's just policy and not being able to explain the rationale behind it, that's, that's when you have a symptom of a problem. That's when you have to question, okay, should this be the policy or what's the rationale behind it so I can explain it better to the, my customers without ticking them off because uh, of the situation that I'm in and not being able to respond appropriately. So if you find yourself in that situation, uh, get some clarification or, or try to work to change that policy.
1: Okay,
0: good point. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. What else What else can we do to help uh, help smooth out that
1: no situation?
2: Well, what you've done in the first two steps is you've tried to start transitioning away from what their issue is, where you're literally being empathetic, you're trying to be understanding, and you're moving away from their topic or their request, you're explaining why. Now what you want to do is instead of addressing that particular need, you want to address the next step. So okay. the third thing that you need to do is try to understand, I mean, what, what goal do they have? What are they trying to accomplish? I mean, they, they're making a request because they're trying to achieve achieve some goal or or accomplish something i mean if the person is smoking maybe they're anxious or they're nervous or maybe mm-hmm. they have that nicotine Addiction. If somebody is uh, denied admission to a university, we were doing some training with the university this week, and uh, the admissions department gets a lot of complaints and irate parents because their child was denied, I mean, you, you have to say, no, they didn't meet the requirements. But if you just leave it there, that's going to give them a negative impression of the organization. So, right. so what is their goal? Their goal is to get their child, or if it's a student, to, to for the student themselves, to get a good education, to be able to, to, to eventually come back to your school after maybe going to a community college first or to have a certain type of job so if you can mm-hmm. understand at a slightly higher level uh, why they want what they want or why they want it in the time frame or why they want uh, in it done in a certain way if you can understand the why behind the what that puts you in the position uh, of being the person who comes up with the solution you're mm-hmm. the solution yeah. provider right. so the third step is really to try to understand what their goal is in some cases it might be intuitive in other cases, you might say, well, help me. Un- you know, unfortunately, we can't do that for this reason, but, but help me understand what you're hoping to accomplish. Yes. You know, help me Go understand ahead. what your goal is. And if you can get to that point where you understand the goal and they understand the goal, the last step is, is much easier.
1: And it sounds like to me doing that kind of investigative research into why your customer needs what they need or wants what they want, it allows you to start giving the no, comma, but answer in the future. Yes. In other words, you can tell people, no, but – I know what you're looking for, I know what you're needing. Here's what we can do to try to help now. Right. So that's if you got to do a no, at least you can get the butt after it and, and lead to something else instead of it just being a no with a period and you're done.
2: Yeah, and that's actually the fourth step. It's that oh, here's what we can the do. Yeah, hey, I'm very the alternative good. I'm and that already sort ahead of, of the game here. So, so nice. Yeah, but but the, you make a great point. I mean, the better you know your customer by knowing their goals, knowing their situation, what's unique about what they're what's going on with them right now, the better you know your products and services, the better you know your processes, the better, you know processes, the better equipped you are to provide an alternative, to provide a next step. And and so that requires you to to try to build your confidence by building your knowledge of your products and services, building your knowledge of your processes. But it also requires you uh, to actually be interested uh, in – finding out more about your customer it, it requires you to be inquisitive about your customer the easiest thing in the world uh, is if somebody asks you a question just to give them the answer yes or no mm-hmm. but if you say no and you truly want to help this person and you don't want it to blow up into a negative situation you got to be a little bit inquisitive you know unfortunately we can't do that for this reason but but help me understand what you're looking for help me understand what you need help me understand what you're trying to accomplish and if you can ask enough questions to truly understand what they want then the last step is the easiest step.
1: Well, and you know, even even if you ask all the questions and you are still at a roadblock. Yes. Where you still cannot help this person. You can't even sure. point them in the right direction. I would imagine that by you asking the questions and engaging that dialogue, you've still turned that into a better situation than it was
2: with just the no. Sure. Okay. because Yeah, that, that's uh, a definite outcome because at that point they feel like Uh, You've been patient with them. They feel like you cared enough to inquire. You've been empathetic. So they feel like you've tried to be understanding. There's a big difference between uh, a a customer interacting with an employee and perceiving them to be a roadblock saying no Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not getting what they want versus a customer still not getting what they want. But they're interacting with somebody who obviously cares, who obviously yeah. is trying to understand, who obviously is being empathetic and is trying to help them out. How that customer responds in those two situations, even though in a sense the outcome could be the same, you sure. know, they're not getting the service or product or whatever they want, but the process that they go through uh, and how that that employee comes across to them is very different and leaves a bit, very different impression in the mind of that customer.
1: Well, I, to me, this is probably most evident. Uh, when I have to deal with uh, customer service issues over the phone mm-hmm. where I'm calling because uh, something's not right with a, a service I'm receiving or something's not right with a product I bought or something to that degree. And I have to use the phone to try to get resolution for it. Sure. Uh, I can think of several instances where the answer was still no, that I was being told for whatever reason, but there's a vast difference between somebody just saying, nope, can't do it. Sorry versus somebody else saying, well, no, but let's talk a little bit more. I want to find out if there's anything else we can do to help you. Let me ask you some questions and find out. I've I've had a couple of those experiences just in the last couple of weeks. And it does make a big difference, even if the same result comes to me when I'm off the phone. I'm still stuck with a no. At least I felt like somebody was trying. You know, I felt yes. like that person was at least taking some time out of their day to step a little bit beyond their typical job role to try to find out how they could or if they could satisfy my need.
2: Right, and, and you know, there have been studies that have shown that 68% of lost is, uh, business is due to perceived indifference, that the customer perceived that the company or the employee didn't care. So you could give them the same response, but if they perceive you're trying to help, you're trying to come up with alternatives, you're asking the right questions, you're not just saying no, that has a huge impact on retention, which okay. is bottom line oriented. So that's a whole indifference
1: thing. So yes. even if, I mean, I hate saying that, you know, you, Anybody would ever you know, fake this kind of encounter, but sure. you know, even if it's a matter of knowing that you always follow up a no with some questions and some dialogue, even if you already know way in advance, there's still nothing I can do to help this person. Yes. Sometimes, even just taking that extra couple minutes to work with them and talk, and if you can think of any ideas or suggestions for that person to help satisfy their need, you can throw it out there. But yes, uh, that alone, it sounds like, has a positive impact on that person when they leave that encounter.
2: Sure. It has a huge positive okay. impact. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of just an example. I know we're not getting to our stories quite yet, but sure. uh, thinking of an example I had where I needed to change the, plan on my family's cell phone, and right. it dealt with texting, and I don't do texting. Oh, I had to deal
1: with this just last week, too. Oh, so go ahead. It, no, no, no. It, yeah.
2: it, was, uh, it was a little mini nightmare, but I, I went to the website trying to get all the information, figure out the plans myself, and and I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing, so I clicked on live chat. So I still wasn't talking oh, right. on the phone, but I was, in effect, uh, having a dialogue via the web, clicking on live chat. I asked if I could do this one Certain thing, converting one of the phone lines to a certain text plan, but not the other phone lines. And the person came back and said, I'm sorry, but but you can't do that. Right. And I said, well, let me just clarify. So if I wanted to do this and this and this, could I do that? And they said, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a pause, and they typed back their standard message. Are you still there? If you're not there in the next minute, we will disconnect. Thank you so much. <laughs> nice. and, I, and I typed back. I said, well, what can I do? Right. And she said, oh, well, here, you can do this and this and this. So right. I was having to lead the, the uh, representative through the technique, basically, because Boy. it was getting to the point where she seemed like a roadblock. It was getting ticked off. I felt like, well, what am I going to do in this situation? Because uh, you know, I can't let my bill explode because we have more tech than we can pay right. for so what do i do from a plan perspective and, and if i wouldn't have asked about next steps or alternatives i don't know what i would have done at that point it almost
1: looked like this person was following their own flow chart yes and because you didn't ask this question they don't have to respond this way yet yes. but once you did ask the question what can i do oh well now i can point down this path on the flow chart and respond with this which is just not – it shouldn't be on the customer to right. figure out which path to take
2: right. to get the response they need. Yeah, they didn't send me their script. If they would have right. done that, I'd have been happy to <laughs> – now, if you go to point 17B, that's where I need to be that's right now. That's where I am right yes. now. I need to be at 17C. How yes. can you get me there? Yeah, right. and the employee knows the script. The customer doesn't. So if you over rely too much on that and not enough on your own inquisitive nature questions and being right. able to tailor your response to their needs, you're going to be in trouble.
1: Well, let me just ask – kind of as a background, the sure. whole text issue was it was it the kids of course yeah okay yes yes new
2: cell phone two days later the plan we had is obviously not gonna work (laughs) and there's not a whole lot i can do about it because it's not just what is sent yeah. by my child, but it's what other people are sending yes. to my child. Yeah. So
1: that's Alan and Ed's little helpful tip: of the day, <laughs> is uh, if you have youngsters in the house with a mobile phone, check that texting plan really quickly and really. That
2: yes, yes. My my uh, child called me the very next day after. Uh, w- w- we gave the new phone uh, in a panic because she knew exactly how many minutes there were yes. uh, texts, excuse me. And then she could already mentally calculate <laughs> she was going over. And uh, this believe me, day- her allowance would pay for about a half a day of text. Uh, so, so she uh, was already
1: predicting this on like day two.
2: Okay. Yeah, Literally, <laughs> wow. yes. Yeah, she she uh, contacted me on day two uh, about well, it. Well, so. Good.
1: That's a little helpful tip for everybody out there. Check that texting plan. Okay, so we've talked through the ideas of what somebody can do to help with a no situation. Yes. And it sounds like it's, it's a lot of that s- some scripting and that we need to help divert their attention maybe away from what it is that they're getting the constant yeah. nose on. Divert
2: to the, the discussion. Divert to the
1: discussion. Uh, giving a good explanation of why exactly. the no's. Um, figuring out how to ask questions to the person to understand what it is they're looking for and needing and how, and yeah. then it's how do we get them to maybe some other alternatives or other ideas? Exactly. Right. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Good. Again, you want to try to reduce the the chance that this is going to blow up and you want to be helpful. You know, right. people want to know where there's a next step. If they come in with that one idea, that might be the only idea they have in their head to, to achieve their goal. But if you can, uh, explain why, make a good impression, get them focused on their goal and, and mm-hmm. try to come up with an alternative that could turn out great for you, great for the customer, and without all the emotion and drama involved. Yeah, great.
1: Now, let me, let me throw out a, a, a question I just thought of. Though. Sure. Let's, let's shift back over to the organization for a little bit instead of the individual here. Okay. If there's a situation where you're having to tell clients no a lot on one particular aspect, As an organization, I'm just kind of throwing this out there. As an organization, I would think that that's something you need to start paying attention to. If you're finding out that your employees, customer service people or uh, client representatives or whatever they may be, are having to say the word no a lot on a particular topic, that to me is a a red flag as well. Yes, I mean, yes, you may have a structural process uh, in place that keeps that from going to no or keeps that no answer happening all the time. But, you know, you've got to look back at your organization and say, why is it we're saying no 20 times a day on this one particular topic? Right. Because that means people are needing something from us that we're not able to provide. Why are we not able to provide it that way? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a good answer. Sometimes there's not, like what we were saying about these policies. And some of these things have been in place for years, maybe for no reason. So I would say to organizations as well, keep track of what you're having to say no to. Because there could be some opportunities not only for strengthening your company but there may be an unmet need out there that your clients are needing from you that you're not providing, that could be a problem for you down the road when it comes time to choose vendors or choose companies to work with.
2: Yeah, that's an excellent point. And and we often talk about the voice of the customer. Well, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest sources of the voice of the customer is your employees. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to tap into them. If you have... A uh, hundred employees, or you have five employees. I mean, there are probably hundreds or thousands of interactions that they're having through the course of a week or a month with customers via email, via telephone, face to face, and you can literally just have those uh, debrief meetings with your employees periodically. So, what kind of questions are you getting more frequently from customers than you had in the past? You know, right. what, what kind of issues are you running into? where you uh, the customer has a need and you just can't fill it? And what types of topics are you having to say no to the customers? So, make sure you you're very intentional about uh, uh, with some frequency at least monthly having managers supervisors some leaders in some way just tapping the brain of those employees and trying to understand what the customers uh, are asking about how their needs are changing and and what sort of issues there are that you need to get to the root cause of within your organization so that maybe your, your employees don't have to say no so often
1: yes great good good point well great well so saying no to the client to the customer it's not a pleasant thing it's not something we any of us really enjoy doing and I'm sure the people that deal with customer interactions all day long probably get a little tired of sometimes of having to say no and sure hopefully these are some ways that we can either help uh, change the no to a no but and give them some other options or at least make that no a little more palatable to some people that uh, to keep a situation from going very dangerous or uh, irate or anything else there. Exactly. Great. Good good ideas there, Ed. Thanks for that. Now, as always, we like to share one customer service story from the past month that we like to share. And we, we normally try to do one positive and one negative. But you know what? I'm in the holiday spirit. It's the end of the year. There's festive things going on all around us now. So let's let's both do a positive story. Would that be okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Plus, you already did your texting story. That was kind of a negative good story. Good yeah, so Sorry, we sorry to blow one. it there. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. You already did that. So let's let's share a couple of good positive stories. Let's leave uh, 2011 with some positive notes here for people. Okay. Um, Ed, could you go first and share sure. with me your positive customer service experience? for the month.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I mentioned my flight back uh, yesterday from Florida, and prior to the flight back, I was walking through the airport, and if you've ever tried to purchase something at a stand or... Uh, in one of the newsstands at the airport, customer service is not exactly their strength. You know, they're right. not Disney uh, <laughs> typically. And and sure. uh, we, I went to this one place, and uh, it was a donut and coffee place. I'll let you determine what the name of the company was, <laughs> but um, uh, love love their donuts, love their coffee. And I said, you know, I, I really need to have something. So I didn't really think at all about the employee customer service angle to it. I just thought about give me some coffee to wake up, get me a donut. So I got in line, got my items, and and there were four or five people ahead of me. And I I noticed that the person at the register, she was just chipper you know she was engaging right. folks and and she wasn't talking fast but she was talking a lot to the customers and what would you know what do you have there would you like something else and how are you doing today and mm-hmm. and, and at this point i believe it's about 6:50 in the morning i got to the airport kind of early and the next person came the next person came i came up and she joked with me a little bit and mm-hmm. and i walked away and and being a customer service person i sat down and just started watching her and she was consistent right. and she was bubbly and the uh, the customers oh. were laughing and, nice. and it's six fifty in the morning getting your coffee in an airport and, and the customers are laughing when they moved away she was walking around and mingling with them while they were getting their coffee prior mm. to going to the line oh, and such nice, she was patient it's and it's something that that we might not, not say oh you know that's that that is outstanding customer service. But in this day and age that is outstanding customer <laughs> service. It's a person working by themselves in the middle of the airport, no manager around, six fifty in the morning. And she is just engaging, having fun, making the customers laugh, still making the sales offers, proactively engaging those customers and being very patient with each one. There was one lady who was taking a long time to get her money, very patient, keeping the conversation going. She realized it wasn't about the transaction. It wasn't about some manager breathing down my neck. It was about me enjoying my work and and creating a positive fun environment for those customers who have to be in an airport at six fifty in the morning themselves so it was great
1: well i think that's even more impressive because the airport retail environment is just such a completely different model than what we see in so many other places you've got people that are normally in a hurry more so than normal you've got people that are a little tense a lot of people are very stressed when they travel you've got uh just a lot of a lot of other activity to deal with there. So to know that somebody was going over and above the call of duty on their service mentality in that kind of environment is even yes. more impressive.
2: Yeah, so yes. I was thrilled with it.
1: That's great. That's a good story. Okay, well, I've got one that is honestly four hours old. This honestly happened just this morning. Okay, and so this is fresh on my brain. Great. Um, and it's for a local firm, and I, I'll i give them a plug because I think I think they do it right. And. Uh, I'd love to see them get the recognition they deserve for this kind of work. But, you know, I I have a plan for my air conditioning unit at my house where a firm comes in a couple times a year and just does some overall maintenance just to check it out, especially now that it's starting to get colder. I want to make sure it's not going to break on me here in the next little bit. Uh, A company called 72 Degrees here in Catawba County, here in Hickory, where we are. And uh, they do such a great job. This morning was a perfect example. You know, the gentleman shows up at my house, calls before he gets there, which is always a big thing for me. Let me know you're coming and when to expect you. So you're not just going to show up sometime in a four hour window, Mm -hmm. uh, shows up. They have a policy where before they set foot in your house, they have their little, uh, covers for their shoes. They just, they know automatically they're putting it on. It happens every single time without exception. Walk in the house. They say, this is what we're going to do today. I'm going to explain everything we're going to do. Is everything okay with you? Anything else we need to cover while we're here? That was great. Well, what really, I mean, that's pretty standard for them, but this time was was a little exceptional in that uh, I have two dogs and one of the dogs had to go to the vet and uh, had to get some shots. I found out about before this weekend. So I told this gentleman, I said, well, listen, I'm going to have to leave here in a few minutes and run my dog down the street to get some shots. I'll be back 20 minutes or so. And said, I said, that's fine. No problem. As long as you're okay with me being here, I'll call you when I'm done and all that. So the other dog was left there. And the other dog, a little younger than the dog I've got, a little more playful, a little more, uh, you know, not sure how to behave around other uh, new people. So I leave the house and this gentleman calls me about 20, 25 minutes later and says, listen, I'm done. So i to let you know I'm leaving the paperwork on the counter for you. He said, by the way, um, your dog had a little accident on the floor. I just wanted to let you know. I said, oh, well, that's fine. I'll take care of it. I'm sorry that happened. He's like, oh no, I've already, I've already cleaned it up. He said, I took care of it. It's cleaned up the best I could do. He said, you may still want to run the vacuum on it, you know, but it's, it's more or less taken care of. Wow. I said, wow. Well, you really didn't have to do that, you know. And he said, no, it was my pleasure. It was fine. It's just I felt like the dog was just excited because I. There. I, I said, well, that is really impressive, you know. So I got home. Sure enough, I mean, I saw where the mess had been made, but he, I could see that it was done very a good cleaning job on it. And I just had to do a little tidying up on it, but I thought, you know, that was, that was not necessary, but it's something that just really stood out and said, you know what, I'm going to make sure I leave this house in better situation than it was when I came into it. And I guess that's the mentality there for it. So I was just really impressed. So 72 degrees out of Hickory, I'll go and give them all the raves right now, use them for years. And it's because of things like that. I don't know if that firm does a great job repairing my air conditioning unit or not. I have no idea. But I do know the customer service is there, and that's what makes me want to stay with an organization. So anyway. that's a great story. Very, very recent story, still fresh on my brain from a few hours ago. So thank you guys if you're listening out there uh, for everything you do in the customer service world. So with that, I think we're done for the month. Uh, Covered a good topic, something I think hopefully very helpful to people out there. And we shared our stories as well. So before we wrap up, though, let's, let's give a little bit of information about some other things going on. As always, Ed Gagnon, Customer Service Solutions. Uh, Ed, what's your website for people to learn more about your organization? Uh,
2: it is cssamerica.com, like Customer Service Solutions, cssamerica.com.
1: Great, cssamerica.com for Ed's company. My company is The Jackson Group, and that's T-H-E Jackson Group, all one word, dot com. Uh, conducting uh, satisfaction surveys and uh, doing some consulting and leadership development as well on that. So we're very happy to have you with us on Stepping Up Service. Uh, Again, I'll mention the mesh line. If you have any comments, questions you'd like to share with us about the show, ideas for future topics, questions you'd like for maybe us to address in a future show, uh, feel free to leave it at this number, 828 619 0048. Let us know what you think of the show or any ideas you have for future topics. And as always, please check out any of the other mesh shows out there on the network, especially those in the business arena, kind of related to this show a little bit. Well, we do have one on uh, leadership development called Leadership GPS, we have one on creative thinking and more creative uh, operations of a business, and that's free range chicken thinking. And we've actually got a new one starting up probably first of the year having to do with public relations and marketing, which I'm really excited about seeing that one start up as well. So a lot of great things happening at The Mesh. Feel free to check out The Mesh at TheMesh.tv, and uh, we hope you visit us there and find out what all we have going on on the network. So with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks a lot, Ed, for coming in and uh, recording the show with us again. We'll look forward to talking to everybody next month.